This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. You're listening to your favorite place to talk Las Vegas Raiders football. That is Silver and Black today. We are an Odyssey original podcast. We're here. Do me a favor. Please subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to us. Make sure you do that. Uh, just click the subscription button and we will be delivered to your phone or whatever you listen to us on uh, instantly. You can even go, hey, Alexa, play Mostradamus. No, you have to say, hey, Alexa, play Silver and Black today an Odyssey original podcast, and then Mo and I are on the on, on in your kitchen, wherever you have your Amazon device or your Google device, whatever, we'll pop on and we'll say hello. So do that for us. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, the chat is always lively and always great. It just seems to get bigger and bigger each show. Thank you there. Subscribe. And don't forget, on YouTube, you got to hit the notifications button. You can hit subscribe, and that's step one, but it's sort of like making a cake with no icing. you got to put the icing on top. you got to hit notifications so you know when we have videos come up. And those that have already done it know what I'm talking about. You could be sitting there, you're after dinner, you're hanging out, bing, it pops up. You know that Mo and I are in there waiting for you in the chat to mix it up and have some fun. So thanks uh, for that. We are talking, of course, Raiders football. And Mo, big event yesterday on Wednesday. Darren Waller gets a new agent. We see Drew Rosenhaus. Now, for those of you familiar with the world of agents in the sports world, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, who once repped uh, number 84. What was that guy's name? Um, Antonio. What was his name on the Raiders? Uh, Wide receivers? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Guy, <laughs> guy, did he have Did he have two feet? No <laughs> frozen feet? feet. Yes, frozen feet. Okay. Um, he rep- represented Tony Brown, but also he's represented a lot of people. A uh, very famous sports agent. Also, some look at him as very difficult to deal with. Is that going to impact? But anyway, Darren Waller. That tweet goes out from Drew Rosenhaus. Darren Waller's on the practice field. Suddenly the hamstring is good. Everything's good. He's back on the field. So, Mo, let's jump into this, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a, a, a tangent on this in a second. But Darren Waller being back on the field, great for the Raiders. I know Raiders fans are excited about it. It's good. But let's start with, before we get to Waller, the player, and, and what we want to look for there, for week one, let's talk about Drew Rosenhaus. We know about Drew Rosenhaus a couple of things. Number one, he likes big money deals. He represents his client well. I'm not saying that's not his job. So, so if he does his job well, that's great. 
But the Raiders, I think, we've heard all along, and, and even from Darren Waller, that you know he was working on he's going to let his agent deal with it. Didn't work out. He fires his agent, and now he's got a guy who's known for busting balls. So my question to you, does this make it harder for the Raiders to come to a deal with Darren Waller that's going to fit within what they want to pay um, and making the player happy at the same time? It makes it harder if Drew Rosenhaus is shooting for a market-setting deal. Now, a yeah. few days ago, Justina Anderson said that Darren Waller is in talks with the Raiders to make $60 million annually in new money. Now, if that's what the Raiders feel he's worth, shouldn't be a problem. But if the Raiders say, no, you're not worth $16 million a year. You're worth about fourteen. Then it could be a problem. I personally am not concerned. You did mention that Drew Rosenhaus, known for big money deals, he negotiated the Tyreek Hill deal. I remember when the Raiders acquired Devontae Adams, Drew Rosenhaus clearly said that Devontae Adams' money changed the expectations for his client in Tyreek Hill and what he felt Tyreek Hill should get. And that's why that's what ultimately led to the trade uh, from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. So he's very savvy, very plugged in, and he's going to be the guy that's going to shoot for the highest possible deal for his client, which is what you want if you're a football player. Of course. But I will say, but I will say I my my concern meter still isn't high because to this point Darren Waller has shown that he's still committed to the team. So I don't expect a holdout situation. It, it also is good that Drew Rosenhaus is able to fix Darren Waller's hamstring. I didn't know Drew Rosenhaus was a <laughs> doctor, but apparently fixed his hamstring. Uh, Mr. Miyagi, wax on, yes. wax off. So yes. um, we can we can be happy for that, that Drew Rosenhaus was able to fix that issue. But I, I think the, the lasting image of Drew Rosenhaus is when he was T.O.'s agent, and you see T.O. in his driveway doing sit-ups. <laughs> and working out and i think people think oh man he's he's gonna be a problem but i don't i don't envision darren waller doing sit-ups and crunches and push-ups in his driveway again i think he's still committed to the football team and he'll be ready to play week one but of course he wants some type of a pay raise and i agree with you mo i don't think for one minute that there's going to be any shenanigans where darren waller is not going to show up or he's not going to play hard that's not in his DNA, I don't believe. I don't think he's that kind of guy. He's not Antonio Brown. He's not going to have a lot of drama. But I will tell you a couple things. One is, if, if if the Raiders don't get him a deal before this season, which is next week, or in the first couple weeks of the season, it doesn't have to be before the first week, um, then does it become a problem? Meaning that, does it nag at him mentally? I know players can say it all the time. No, I don't think about it. I don't think about it. BS. You think about it. You're talking about, especially if it's a if it's a category setting um, um, record deal, meaning that Darren Waller now becomes the high mark for tight ends in the NFL. And again, going back a few months when I had Cynthia Freeland on the show and she said, listen, the, the, the tight end market's about to bump up. OK, you had the Travis Kelsey deal a while ago, but now it's about to bump up again because the salary cap's going up and you have a lot of these tight ends come and do so if that's the case, it, $16 million, and uh, Jocena is a great, great journalist, and I appreciate the story she did. Where she got that, maybe that was Drew Rosenhaus, right? So, so maybe Drew Rosenhaus is setting the bar at $16 million. Maybe he's setting it higher than that. Maybe it's eighteen. Million. I don't know what it is, and we won't know until obviously they, they reveal it or we hear somebody report it. But clearly, 
Um, again, like you, I'm not overly concerned with that piece of it, but I do think that um, depending how much he's aggressively pursuing it, uh, that could end up being something that bubbles back up, at least as a question mark as the season goes on. If Darren Waller doesn't do as well as people think he does, does that creep in and does that creep into the men's mindset of the player? I'll make one point about that. And really quick, shout out to just when Wendy, who's been worried about the Darren Waller saga over the offseason, hang in there just when Wendy. I think he's going to be out there week one. <laughs> but um, <laughs> to, to your point, I, I think it could become a problem if he's dealing with an injury. So he's been dealing mm -hmm. with his hamstring over the offseason. Let's say week one, he gets banged up. Remember, he has no guaranteed money left on his contract. So is he thinking ahead, thinking, I don't want to hurt myself even further and hurt my chances of getting a bigger deal? Or do I go all in on the season week one and try to battle through it, battle through this injury and possibly hurt myself even further? So I think that's going to enter his mind if he's if he's dinged up and you got to make a business decision. Because even before I got on with you and I tweeted this, it still amazes me how front offices make business moves all the time. They cut players, they sign players, they ask players about, you know, take a pay cut because you underperformed. And people go, well, yeah, that's the cost of doing businesses. You know, that's the cost of doing business. Players know what they signed up for. Yeah. But when a player makes a business move and decides to preserve himself because he's thinking about his future, <laughs> his career future, oh, he's selfish. Yeah. And I say, you can't. You, get, you can't have it both ways. You can't have the, the front office operating like a business and then tell players to go all in and not be business-minded. Right. It goes both ways. If, if the it front does. office is going to think business, the players are going to think business. And to your point, he's going he's gonna to think about the contract. He's going to tell you publicly he's not thinking about it. It's all Drew Rosenhaus. It's all my agent. It's because he doesn't want to delve into it. He wants to focus on football, and I get that. But you, he, he's in the back of his mind. He's thinking like, look, I have no guaranteed money left. I don't want to hurt myself or hurt my chances of getting a deal. I'm turning 30 in a week or two or, you know, a week or so. So I, all of those things are probably playing back in his mind. But there's no doubt to me that if he's healthy, his first and foremost obligation is I'm going to be on the field to help my football team, and my teammates. So here, here's where I'm going to go into my little rant, Mo. And I want you to listen and respond after I give this because – I don't again, we do this a lot on this show because with with social media and, and our listeners and viewers tend not to do it, but they might talk about it and then somebody takes it and grabs it and, and misrepresents it. So I want to say this up front there. To me, there's no questioning the talent of Darren Waller. None. The, the guy has amazing talent. Uh, he is a freak of nature, in my view, with the, the ability he has at his size to catch the football, to run with the football, to block. You name it. Right. I'm a fan. Okay. At the same time, I have my doubts. My doubts, you actually have brought up more times than I have, which is the age. I know 30 does not seem old, especially to this guy sitting here on the other side of the camera, the <laughs> microphone from you at over 50. Okay. So 30 is a young buck to me, but 30 years old in the NFL. And I know, well, he was on the practice squad. He didn't play and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But he was abusing his body with drugs and alcohol. Okay. Now, thank God. He corrected that, and it's one of the best stories ever in the history of the NFL. At the same time, I have my doubts, not because I doubt his talent. I doubt not even the durability, because he had, outside of last year, he had lingering injuries here and there. He played through them, which reduced his effectiveness. So I'm looking at sample size. There's no question when he's fully healthy and he's out there, he's a game changer. And again, top two in the league, if not top 
if they're not top, the top guy, okay? But those things in my mind just give me pause and doubt about giving a guy $16 million. Again, nothing against him. I think he's very, very important to this Raiders team. So I want to see him do well. I like his personal story. And, and you and I cover the team objectively, but I, I am biased in that. I want to see this guy win at all costs, but I have that lingering doubt. I know fans don't have it as much because they, they have this picture of him that he is Adonis and he is going to go out and do anything. Nobody can hurt him. Nobody's going to stop him. And to a certain degree, I understand that. But Mo, tell me why I'm overthinking it if I am. I don't think you're overthinking it. I, I think you're thinking about it as now you can correct me if I'm wrong here. What have you done lately and how long is it going to last? Because yes. you bring up his age. How long is it going to last? How long can you keep up that high rate of production? And if you're going to pay, because what you're paying for when you, when you construct these deals, you're either paying for what a player has done, which is dangerous if a player is in the last stage of his of his career, the last stage of his prime. We bring up his age; he's turning thirty, or you're paying for what you think he can do in the future. And to me, when you pay Darren Wall sixteen million, you're saying he's going to be a premium or a top three tight end for the next two, you know three years at least. So you're mm -hmm. saying he's going to be effective at a high level until he's thirty three years old. Can you bank on that? After what you saw last season with the small sample size, that's the question that the Raiders are going to have to answer. And this is why I said I would pay, I would give him an immediate pay raise for 2022. Yeah, see big, what he nice does. lump sum. Right. Give him, a, give him what he's worth for 2022 because he is grossly underpaid. But then have him play out 2022 or at least three quarters of the season, maybe. See what he looks like out there in your system with Devontae Adams, with Hunter Renfro. Is he still putting up big numbers? and then decide what he's worth on the books. But it looks like one way or another, I think he's going to get a pay raise. But I understand your, your not concerns, but your outlook saying, yeah, is he worth $16 million a year? And I would right. say there's a legitimate argument against that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Especially now, too, you know, I heard a lot of fans over the last few days with the cutdowns about the dead money stuff, right? And we talked about how they work around the, the salary cap, but still, it is a lot of money out there, okay? And, and you're, you're counting some other guys there against the cap, too. And so imagine you give him a big deal and he's not reliable. Then you're sitting there again, unless they just so upload it up front that it doesn't impact the cap as much, which is possible. And so, so if I'm, this is where the Drew Rosenhaus thing comes in again. Are you going to take a three-year deal if you're Darren Waller? I mean, pro maybe, or are they going to try to get more? It's, it's, it's not even just about the money. It's about the guaranteed money and the length of the guarantee, correct? So we talked about that on the last show with Baker Mayfield, not Baker Mayfield, with Deshaun Watson and some of these other deals that you're seeing where they're guaranteeing money across the board, which never happened in the NFL before. So now you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, so um, 
we're going to give you, you have these two years left on your contract. Are we tearing that up and just giving you a new three-year deal? Or are we tacking on three years, right? The structure matters here. And that's where my concern is. If they give him a big pay raise and then tack on uh, another year with, with a big figure and it's a three-year total deal because you already have two, or you add two to it, then you're on the hook for four. It's all to me about the structure. It is. And my concern is more, is he going to be available? Because we all know availability is the first thing, right? You can't, you can't produce if you're not on the football field. So this is how I would get around it. I would bump up his contract with incentives, active, you know, game. If he's active in this game, if he plays a certain amount of games, then he gets, you know, the extra money that bumps up his salary. So we talked about this yesterday. The guaranteed money means everything. That's what you're looking at. And I just took a peek at George Kittle's contract. I believe he's signed for a 30 million guarantee. And he's had some injury issues in recent years, but he's a good football player when he's on the field, obviously. I think you do the same thing with Darren Waller, where you give him a decent amount of guaranteed money, but you bump up the the totality, the, the total contract value with incentives and say you can make up to this much if you're active, but for so many games or some escalators in there for, for production, if you have a hundred catches or if you have 10 touchdowns or if you have eight touches, whatever the number is, you get an extra million here, you get an extra million there. And I think that's how you construct the deal. Because if you're worried about last year, you just say, we don't want to pay for a guy who's only going to play three quarters of the games or half the season. So we'll input the escalators and incentives in there just in case he's not available. We could save that money, but if he is what he was in 2020 and 2019, then he's earned that money and we're comfortable paying him that salary. Correct. Yeah. And, and to me, I, hitting on the escalators is huge, right? So it's like, look, you come out and you ball out and, and fans should have no problem with that too. It's like, look, we're going to give you a King's ransom. If you come out and you get a ton of catches, a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns, whatever the right numbers are and games played. Hey, you play all, all 17 games, big bonus. You catch a, 80 passes, <laughs> I know it's a lot, 50, 60, whatever the number is, we're going to give you a bonus. I mean, we're going to give you a bonus for smiling during the game. I mean, whatever <laughs> it is, I don't care. And I don't think there's a problem with that. I get, though, the agent's going to want as much guaranteed to your point, which you just said. But again, mm-hmm. I don't want people to misconstrue this conversation as I don't think Darren Waller's a good football player or that he deserves as much as he can get. Because to your point about the business, Mo, I don't look at players being selfish when they do that because they have to. If I'm mm-hmm. on the other side of the negotiation table for my job, okay, for our podcast, and they say, hey, we're going to give you this X number of dollars for this number of listeners, and I can get more, I'm going to get more for you and I. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. So to me... That's not the issue. The issue is, and you encapsulated it so well, which is availability and age. And so, so if it's the right deal with the right, I have no problem with it at all. I just would, I would, it would give me pause to pay a guy $16 million guaranteed for two, three years at the end of this contract, not knowing if he can play that. So we'll see. All right. And so I'll look, I'll look at it from both sides. From Wallace's perspective, I would want some guaranteed money before I play another snap because again he has no more guaranteed money on his contract if he gets hurt let's say he tear god forbid he tears an acl the Raiders can decide to cut him and then that's it he's done you know absolutely he's not getting any money so as as, if i'm waller i get kind of lingering with the hamstring not saying his hamstring injury wasn't legit but i get preserving himself and not wanting to hurt himself any further because you don't have any financial protection going into the season now from the raiders perspective from a team perspective you want the best 
bang for your buck, right? So that's why I brought up incentives and escalators because you don't want to pay a player top dollar if he's not on the field. You don't want your $16 million player on the sideline watching football games. So then you say, okay, if he plays 75% of the snaps, offensive snaps for the season, he can make up to this much money. And that's how you fluff up the contract. I think we talked to Danny Heifetz a couple of weeks ago. There are so many ways that you can construct the contract and, and flood the salary cap and cap space to make things work for both sides. And I think there is a middle ground for Waller getting some guaranteed money and the Raiders saying, if you play a certain amount of, of snaps, if you're on the field, you can make up to this much. Yeah, I agree. And and that's the thing. Again, I know fans get emotional about it and I don't I don't blame them. I, w- I would too. I had favorite players growing up and, and in my fandom days. And so I understand it. Um, but I think it just and that's we all started this conversation with Drew Rosenhaus. So we'll see what kind of line he pursues and what kind of deal Darren Wall at the end of the day. No matter who your agent is, it's Darren Waller's decision on whether to accept it. He will get the counsel from his agent, and he'll say yes or no. And I agree with you. Pay the guy a – I mean, you want to give the guy $15 million up front as a bonus? Do it. Do it. Give him the cash. It takes care of him for most of his life, and all of his life. Take care of all of us for all of our life. And so <laughs> so to me, that that is something that you can do. Um, that would be uh, fantastic. And and listen, again, I'm rooting for him. Hope he does well. If he does well, the Raiders do well. I really believe that. So that's good. All right. We're going to take our final break, Mo. When we come back, we're going to talk about your piece, a piece you did up on Sports Knot, about the trade of Trayvon Mullen and what that means for Nate Hobbs, a guy you and I really, really like. We'll talk about that, as well as perhaps some other needs, some other moves they might do on defense now that we've had a day or two to think about what's out there and what this team has said and what they may do. Uh, So we'll get back to that right after this break. You are listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. We will be back and we will continue to talk about your Raiders. Don't go anywhere. 